What is that, beautiful people? Hello, and welcome to another episode of the My Friend Says You Grow Gyms podcast. I'm your host, GR Hoff, and you're in the right place if you are a gym owner, personal trainer, box owner, fitness pro that is looking to grow your gym, grow your business in ways that you, your family, your community, the people you serve, and not least importantly, your bank account are going to feel absolutely awesome about. Right, beautiful people, we have a fun one uh, going down for you today. We have uh, four things that the uh, that the gym owners overvalue, that they place a disproportionate amount of value to in their business that they think should be having more of an impact uh, than it does. And as such, it moves them typically towards investing resources, not just money, but also time and energy towards building these things that have a, a very, very small return um, where they could be spending that, spending those resources again, time, money, and energy. Uh, towards higher higher return activities, right? Things that are going to give you a higher return on that investment of your, again, time, money, and energy, right? And so there's four things here. Um, the, the, the first one is very much a, um, very much sort of a rookie gym owner thing. It's something that happens when people are starting off. Uh, uh and, uh, and that's the logo. <laughs> so people place, it's, it's funny. We, you know, as, as we've grown our, on, on the consulting side, we get more questions from people, um, uh, that are starting off and how do I start off? Oh yeah, I'm looking for, you know, where should I get my logo done and, and this, that, and the other. And it's an understandable a question. Um, but I think it's, it's funny when people get a little bit taken aback when I say, man, like either throw something together on Canva or like pay somebody on Fiverr to put something, you know, somewhat okay together. Um, because it's just, it's, it's not that important, right? It's not going to make or break your business, um, your, your logo, your branding, your brand name, et cetera. Like those things are just not important in terms of getting you to survival mode, right? Getting you to that, um, to that first sort of threshold where you can survive, pay your bills comfortably, and you can really sort of have a platform for growth. Um, one of the companies that, you know, we're the required, uh, digital marketing vendor for their new franchisees. Um, we've, we've, we've earned a lot of, I think, credibility with these guys. Um, they have, they've been in business for over 25 years and they've rebranded multiple, multiple, multiple times. And guess what? Like they're still running, they're still standing. Um, <laughs> why is that? Because like, frankly, the brand doesn't matter that much. And the reality is they, they, they made a big rebranding push, um, in order to become more appealing to other trainers and coaches and, and potential, um, licensing and franchising that type of, uh, target market, which again, like that's trainers and coaches. Um, they wanted it to be something cool to trainers and coaches, something that could be more applicable to a, to a national worldwide scale, which is just something that's not frankly, not important to the, to the local gym, right? There's a lot of local gyms without fancy names and logos, um, that absolutely crush it. And the logo, the logo has nothing to do with it. So, Odds are pretty good that if, that if you're just getting started, you're probably placing more emphasis on the logo than you should be. Um, the second one is is related to it, and that's the that's your website. Now, this one can be an issue for rookies, it can be an uh, issue for veterans alike. But the reality is, odds are pretty good that you're putting way too much emphasis on your website. If you are not generating dozens <laughs> dozens of leads, and and again, I'm I'm talking in the context primarily of of um, sort of boutique like training gym owners, if you're not generating more than 10 clients a month, then you have no business looking at your website first. It's just not the most important thing. Here's the deal. People drastically overestimate the amount of people that are going to their website. It's, oh yeah, you know, I'm not getting enough clients. Like I really need to redo my website. You probably don't. 
You probably don't. And and the reality is, so so there's sort of multiple pieces here. Well, people are going to be searching for my website and, and, and what have you. and Or I need to pay somebody because they're going to make my SEO work. They're going to do my SEO. Um, uh, look, typically, <laughs> the average SEO provider is completely full of shit. That's, that's the reality of the situation. So um, SEO, for those of you that don't know, is search engine optimization. Um, I've spent a lot of time in that world, kind of know some of the inner workings um, of it. Uh, and um, again, the reality is for local businesses, uh, there is, let's put it this way. If you're getting charged a monthly fee for your SEO and the team on the other side, the individual on the other side that's providing that SEO is not continuously providing you with content like fresh topical content for your target market that is high quality that's not duplicated and pasted to, to a bajillion other sites if they're not providing that then you are basically like you're throwing your money down the drain right you might as well be taking hundred dollar bills or in some cases four or five hundred dollar bills in some cases fifteen hundred two thousand dollar bills and throwing them out the window um, because it's doing just as much for you doing that. Here you put your, put the name of your gym on those hundred dollar bills, throw them out the window. You get a much better return than you would spending, <laughs> spending money on your SEO typically, um, particularly for a company that is not doing that. So the reality is uh, with the way SEO works, and again, this can change all these digital platforms, Google, Facebook, et cetera. They all change very, very quickly. That's why a lot of people pay people like us to stay on top of those things, because in a lot of cases, staying on top of those things is a full-time job. SEO, <laughs> SEO is really not. So although SEO sort of um, tactics, I guess, can change, uh, the reality is the the biggest changes that Google has tended to make over the past, you know, big, big, big handful of years is to sort of decrease your ability to gamify uh, the system. And so, and so the, the biggest thing that you'd want to know is if you're paying somebody to do SEO and they're doing sort of cheesy um if you've heard the, the term black hat versus white hat versus gray hat uh, type terms, black hat meaning, um, uh, you know, think, think black market, right? Things, th things that are sort of, you're trying to circumvent Google's uh, systems to try to game the system and do things against their terms of service that are illegal in, in Google's eyes right now, like lawful versus unlawful necessarily, but uh, certainly not, certainly frowned upon in Google's eyes. Um, the reality is if you're doing those things, or if you're paying a provider to do things like that, um, then, you know, you'd want to be paying attention to Google updates because there's a chance that your site gets completely throttled. If Google comes up with a system or when Google comes up with a system to identify the type of gaming that your provider or that you are doing on your website, and then basically slap you uh, the old classic Google slap for those of you that have been around long enough to, to hear that story. Um, I don't know how long ago it's been, like 15 years, maybe, um, certainly 10 plus, but, uh, the old Google slap where Facebook or Google at the time found a bunch of people that are doing shady, shady things, I think it was on AdWords and basically just slapped everybody, slapped everybody that was doing anything that even had a, uh, a semblance of being, um, black hat and, uh, and, and threw them away, said, nope, you don't get to advertise here anymore. And so um, <laughs> with SEO, there's a risk that your provider is doing something that's shady, number one. Um, but number two, the reality is there are a handful of things from a, an initial setup perspective that are important for SEO. Um, they, they are, you know, in SEO, again, optimize your website to be found by search engines, um, uh, to be found by the people that are searching for them, um, that are looking for something like yours in the search, in, in the search engines they're searching on. Right. <clears throat> and, um, 
there's a there's a handful of initial processes, initial steps that need to be set up for the website to have a good foundation, a good a good uh, SEO foundation. Um, but after that, in reality, the biggest thing comes down to, you know, do they have a do they have a solid you know linking strategy? Are they getting you to post content and getting high quality you know respected sites to link back to your website? Are they putting up continuous content so that Facebook or, or Google um, sees your website as being something useful that produces great content? Um, um, where where their users, right, the people that are searching for whatever it is they're searching for to find your site are finding what they're looking for on your website. If that SEO provider is not doing that, then you're, you're throwing money out the window because some guru said, hey, like my website's really good and you need to pay this SEO guy because he gets a, I get a cut when you pay him. Um, like it's it's bullshit. And so <laughs> the reality is, uh, yes, your website needs to be set up with a handful of foundational basics when it comes to search engine optimization. Um, that said, if your provider is not doing continuous thing, uh, continuous updates, continuous content, leaking strategies, etc., um, to be able to keep the website um, sort of moving up in the ranks, if you will, or to maintain its position, if you're in an easy market and you got to the top really easily, then the reality is you're throwing that money out the window. And if you're throwing out, out th throwing the money out the window when it comes to your SEO. Right, and you don't have a website that is optimized for search engines that ranks well, etc. Then odds are pretty damn good that you're not getting very much traffic to your website unless you're doing other forms of marketing to drive people to it, right? Whether directly or indirectly. So we see typically when we do uh, Facebook ads, even if there's no link to the website, things like that, is that people's website traffic will increase when we do certain ads because they click on the ad, they see this offer, and they want to go stalk you and whatnot. And so it, while it is important for your website to be kind of stock proof, right, to check boxes that, hey, like this place looks like someplace I could spend some time, it looks legitimate, whatever, um, it doesn't like your website being super fancy, you're spending thousands of dollars, um, you know, or, or multiple, multiple hundreds of dollars a month uh, for these, you know, website providers is just not the best use of time. Other trainers that are stalking you will feel that it looks real cool. Your family and friends might say, oh my gosh, your website's so legit. Great. Uh, it's not going to put money on your in your pocket. It is it is one of the last places that I'd recommend um, you make adjustments. In fact, if you have other things that you have not um, maximized or optimized yet, if you're not doing any sort of other digital marketing, um, if you're not doing continuous social media content, if you're not emailing your list consistently, I would not be spending any time updating your, your website. Uh, again, you can get an audit uh, with us if you'd like us to look through things and tell you um, what your website needs, uh, what you might consider doing. In most cases, and in literally 99.9% .9 of cases, um, when we talk to a gym owner about, you know, sort of their marketing picture, the website is something we say, you know what, like, it's fine. And I wouldn't change it. And, um, or I certainly want to make it a priority. So Again, the website, something that we dramatically overvalue because its impact on results is incredibly small. If you go spend five grand on a website, your your business isn't going to change. <laughs> your business will not dramatically change unless you're doing other things to make that change happen. And so then why, why, why not just take that five grand and spend it somewhere else that's going to have another immediate um, higher return? Uh, thing number three that we overvalue is training quality and programming. So the impact that, that training quality and programming is going to have on you growing your business. Now I'm not, I don't mean to, to diminish the impact that having a great service um, has on your business. That That is absolutely a, a, a high priority thing. Um, and if you're training experience, 
sucks. Note I said experience. So the experience that people have is infinitely more important than the X's and O's that you that you utilize. So the reality is there are countless businesses in countless different fitness modalities that are doing super, super, super well because the experience is good because they've matched their target market with their messaging and their modalities. <laughs> to bring people in. And so the reality is like you're, let's say you're a CrossFit and there's a CrossFit down the street. If two, I used this analogy before, but if you have two people across town with like the same situation, all other things being equal, but one lives, well, you know, they're two separate people. They don't talk to each other. And one goes to your CrossFit and the other goes to CrossFit L5 Bulge. The only way that they do a 30 day trial program, the, like, are those people going to know who got a better experience? Unless they speak to each other, no. Are they going to know that your gym is better than CrossFit L5 Bulge? Is the other person, person B, going to know that L5 Bulge is worse than your CrossFit? No, they're not. All they're going to know is whether or not you checked the boxes for having a great experience or not and what have you. And, and they'll know like if you, if you had a shitty experience, right? But they're not necessarily going to know whether or not you're better or worse in the competition down the street. Um, what they, The only thing they're, they're going to experience is whether or not they feel like they want to continue looking. And that is unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess, depending on what you like, that is not determined by your fitness modality. That's determined by their experience and how they feel about their experience with you, which again, people can have great workouts doing like yoga and whatever the bar method stuff. I know that's a franchise. They can do great, great results doing things like, you know, CrossFit or boot camp. They can get great results doing, you know, small group, semi-private training. They can get great results, and have a great experience doing personal training. It is uh, spinning. It doesn't matter. The reality is like what matters is whether or not you are providing an awesome experience that your target market wants. The X's and O's in the programming are not going to help you build a fantastic business on their own. They are inherently overvalued because people think like back in the day, it was, oh, if you build it, they'll come. Well, no, <laughs> and certainly not just if you build it, they'll stay. And so the experience that people have is a heck of a lot more important than your training and programming. And frankly, like your customer acquisition systems, getting people in the door to train tend to be way the heck more important, right? And undervalued in comparison to the, like the training and the programming side of things. So, um, things like relationship building, um, you know, additional events, really loving up on your members, customer surprising and delighting like those things. And notice I didn't say customer services overrated. I said training and programming is overrated or overvalued in terms of like the average gym owner. And so, yes, I want your training program to be awesome. I believe we should be providing a fantastic experience to everybody who pays us. I believe that we should be, you know, competent, um, great coaches, right? Uh, I want us to be, that's what we believe in, in our facilities that we provide a great coaching experience that's provided in a really, really super duper fun way. Um, six star experience where people, you know, they can only click five, but they're looking for that six star. Um, but the reality is like the training quality or the program or the X's and O's, man, like you could take our coaches and throw them in 18 other modalities, change the stuff. And if we did everything else the same, the business would be the same. Right. You can't necessarily say that about, yeah, you could change the way that we, you know, sell and market and go get customers or, or change the way that we do our customer service. That's that if we change those things, that would change the back end results. Whereas training the programming would not, it is inherently undervalued. Really, you could you could argue this with the with the rest of these um as well. You know, the website, you change the website, it, it's probably not going to change much. 
right? You change your logo, it's probably not going to change much. People aren't, you're not going to change your logo and then have a hundred new customers banging down the door because, oh my gosh, your logo just speaks to me. It's so cool. It's so clever. Not going to happen, right? And the last one that we overvalue, and again, this is, I, this is a reminder based on a conversation we had kind of with a, some of our inner circle members um, last week. Uh, so it's a, it's a reminder for the veterans and it is a, um, I guess a word of caution for the, for the rookies, right? For the people that are just getting into this. But the other thing that people tend to overvalue is the impact that rejection is going to have on your business. So they, they overvalue like an individual person's rejection. Uh, we were talking about this in terms of, of growing athletic performance gyms and, you know, the idea of, man, like if you're, if you're going out and you're trying to, to build relationships with, with coaches and schools and league directors and, and, and parents and things like that, it, rejections. And I, and I, I get this, I feel this way myself. Like my gut reaction is to avoid, um, putting myself out there because the, like, man, I don't want to get rejected. That's uncomfortable. Right. Um, but the reality is if we were to start up a, a new sport performance business, um, you know, in this community and I got rejected by, you know, my, I got, I had an initial rejection from the first 10 coaches that I reached out to. Right. I shouldn't allow that to be, to like direct, to, 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 to let me give up. Right. It's, it's inherently overvalued. <laughs> right. Because, because the truth, and I say that and it's like, yeah, you can say that on a podcast. It's really easy. The reality is I think a lot of us, if we're, if we're honest about ourselves and we're human, like we would get discouraged in that, in that regard, in, in that scenario. And, uh, and we shouldn't be right. There's no reason to be, we are going to be rejected until we get to a point where like one of our inner circle members was talking about it. Like, yeah, we did that for a long time. And then at this point, our reputation kind of precedes us. Right. But you had to earn the right to get that reputation to the point where your reputation preceded you. And so until then, if you can go, like if you can make the goal getting rejected, you know, Hey, like we're going to, we're going to get boots on the ground. We're going to build relationships with local business owners and every local business owner that you talk to for the first week says like, no, I'm not really interested. No, I'm really not really interested in participating in your giveaway or, or whatever, or giving free passes to our employees or whatever, being your business of the month, whatever the heck it might be. Yes. Like let's go, let's, let's watch the game film, possibly adjust our strategy and our approach, all those different fun things, right? I'm not saying you to, to, to bang your, you know, to, to, to act with insanity, you know, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Maybe you do need to adjust your approach, but also maybe you just need to keep going. And maybe you need, maybe you need to get the, the one person to say yes, and then turning them into a raving fan and then, you know, do it again. So if you're a rookie gym owner, you're going to have to do, you're going to have to spend something to get your gym going, to get your business going. You're going to have to spend uh, money. You know, you can spend money, you can spend time and energy. You're going to spend a combination of both. But the reality is like, you're gonna have to spend something. And so if you don't have money, you're trying to bootstrap this thing. Then if you let rejection have a higher value than it actually contains in your mind, then you're at a risk of stopping way the hell too early. And that would be a tragedy for you and your business. Because the reality is like a single rejection doesn't matter. We've had countless times, like we have the luxury of being around for a really long time and we've been rejected <laughs> a lot. And what's been interesting is 
guess what? You get rejected the first time. Inevitably, things circle around again where, hey, maybe it's new leadership or a new coach or a new league director or whatever it is. Maybe it's the same guy, but they've seen what kind of great work you've been doing. You've been, you've been persistent. You've been a good person. You've developed a good relationship with them over time to where finally you're not being rejected. But the reality is like you shouldn't let that one rejection stop you. You shouldn't let the one rejection on following up with leads, right? Calling somebody and say, oh, fuck you. You shouldn't let that stop you. Because you're not going to get very far if you let a single rejection stop you. Don't overvalue rejection. So, again, four things <clears throat> that gym owners tend to overvalue. Maybe more uh, for the rookies. I know this episode, but uh, the reality is I think there's some reminders in there that could be useful for all of us, including myself. Um, if you like help with any of this, you want us to guide you step by step, hand in hand, walk with you through this uh <laughs> little gauntlet that is a business and gym ownership, let us know. We'll be happy to help and talk through whether or not we can help you. And uh, that's all we got for this week. Love and hugs. Catch you next week.